penalties and turnovers led to the Bucks' second loss of the season. Plus, the number one seed in the AFC won in week eight, but they suffered a loss after the game. And Dak or no Dak, the Cowboys keep rolling. We discussed that. <laughs> oh, so much more. This is the Monday Morning Extra Point. We pushed it back purposely because there's so much going on in the NFL. I'm Len Martez, joined by former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy. Before we break down week eight of the NFL and all the news that's going on in the NFL, allow me to remind you to follow Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Dowdy. Follow me at Elmart810. But most of all, follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. And follow, don't forget to follow, BucksNation.com for all your latest news on the Super Bowl champs. And no matter how you found this podcast, whether it's Spotify, iHeart, or Apple, hit that subscribe button so that you get this podcast and others when a new one comes out. All right, Mr. Dowdy, before we get into all the things that are happening that are affecting the game off the field, let's uh, let's do a quick recap of Saints, Bucks, Bucks, Saints, Saints winning this one 36 to 27 on Sunday afternoon evening took place in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome or whatever they call it these days. But your takeaway from Sunday's game, the Bucks' second loss of the season, I got to tell you that for the most part, a lot of what happened to the Bucks and the loss was self-inflicted. But your your thoughts? Yeah, no, no, I agree a thousand percent. It was self-inflicted. Um, but at the same time, they I I thought, well, really, if you think about it, this game was this is the most fragile game you'll ever you'll ever watch. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, five or six plays in an NFL game will determine what who the winner is and the loser is. Okay. For example, the book well, says a lot because that you got 120, 130 plays in a game. Agreed. But there's five get five plays in a game. If you if you look at the teams that are, are evenly matched, you know what I mean? The, the, not the you know the whoever plays the dolphins. It's you see how I just did that? <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> no, I'm talking about I'm talking about evenly matched football teams, like um contenders, uh teams that have full package they run the football they play good defense they can throw the football when they need to it all comes down to five or six plays i've been taught that my whole life the other thing i've been taught is and i want to know the stat on this lenny if you don't turn the ball over in an nfl football game what are your chances to win in the fourth quarter what are your in the last five minutes do you have a chance to win the game do you have a drive to go win the game and two minute drive what is that stat there's got to be someone out there that's crunching numbers to say if you can turn the ball over you you can you have a chance to win 99, 92, 91% of the time. You look at this game. The Saints played the cleanest football game I've seen in a very long time. They had two penalties for 10 yards. And, yeah, we could talk about the refs and how they were just a little bit uh, – I want the Saints to win this one at home, you know what I mean? But at the same time, that you, win, you, you, you have 10 yards, 10 yards in a full football game of penalties, you're going to win that game. Secondly, they, they were clean. They didn't turn over the ball. No fumbles, no sacks. No balls in really jeopardy when you watch this game. There was a couple where he, he had, you know, third down, you got to force one in there a little bit, especially with two quarterbacks that are 
Jameis has is, is got a second run at this, and it's a shame what happened to him, man. I mean, I was I was like in his corner cheering for this dude, trying to get in. He's this is his second his second stint at it, and I think when he when he looked at the interview after the game with Sean Payton, he was like, man. I was crying after the game when I saw Jameis win. That's just a testament to who he is. As a and he knows the work that was put in for him to get to where he was, because let's talk about the transformation that he, he made. And, I, and, and certainly I know, like I said, I wanted your take, but the transformation that Jameis made to become the quarterback that he is now, and, and you mentioned it, the ACL, torn ACL, out for the rest of the year, MCL damage. But with that, you watched him on Sunday. And I'm watching him, and I listen, I've been here since 2016 in the Tampa area. Mm -hmm. I've covered him since then. That's not the same guy that was nope. playing on Sunday. Nope. And everyone talks about, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of folks talk about he's not really a running quarterback. In reality, he's really not. But he, what he's done as is he's slimmed down, and he's mm -hmm. taken advantage of what the defense gave him. And he did that on mm -hmm. Sunday before he got hurt in the second quarter on the tackle mm -hmm. by Devin White. So, I mean, I'm watching a guy that probably two years ago, three years ago, wouldn't have taken off the way he did on Sunday on the 40 yards of rushing that he had. I mean, we're talking about two quarters, dude, and he had 40 yards of rushing. We're not talking mm -hmm. about Lamar Jackson. We're not talking about, you know, a running quarterback in this league, mm -hmm. with Kyler Murray. We're talking about Jameis Winston. And two quarters had 40 yards rushing. That's a transformation. You can say whatever you want about, oh, he's a turnover machine, blah, blah, blah. He treats, he treats the football like it's Halloween candy, gives it away, no, 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 no. all those different things. But watching him on Sunday before he got hurt, I'm watching a guy that's playing different football. And you mentioned the difference in the two quarterbacks. To me, it's about Sean Payton and the game plan more than anything mm -hmm. else. Yeah, Sean does a good job. He, he puts, puts Jameis in situations where he doesn't have to force the ball. He's going to his first read. He's going to his second read. You don't really get to his third or fourth. And I think, honestly, it seemed like, when, especially when I watched the game, it seemed like he was going one, two, run. One, two, where's my rush lane? And I think, and, and to be honest with you, that's hard to do, especially with a guy. And you got to remember, Jameis, when he came out, he was a young cat, man. He was 21, 22 years old coming out of the league and on top of the world, man, number one pick overall winning all those games in Florida State. And then he, he kind of had to, when he left Tampa, he kind of had to redefine himself. And he got put in the situation that was perfect for him. He had a vet there that is a Hall of Famer, and he had a Hall of Fame coach with him. Those are two things that are going to be amount to success and allow you to play free, play within the system. But also, Sean Payton does a good job of just uh, showing out your strengths and keeping your weaknesses buried away. He can, he, he's He's – one of the greatest offensive minds in the game. He's been consistent for years, and uh, we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I was I was really excited about, you know, Jameis and his comeback this comeback season this year. I think he'll still get another chance. I don't know if he'll get another chance as a starter. Uh, I hope they bring him back. Uh, but you know, his contract's up, so he's he's on he's on the books, buddy. Who knows what's going to happen coming off an ACL? You're going to have to do a lot 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 of things to be pro proven. So um, we'll see what happens. But from the Bucks, man, they just it wasn't anything they did wrong in this game that yeah they turned the ball over one was late in the game I mean, you really can't count that Tom's just trying to make a play the thing that shocked me the most Lynn and a guy like Tom Brady who hasn't really had many opportunities he, he in my mind he's the the clutchest quarterback in the NFL history like two minute drive Tom's gonna get you some points I don't know he's gonna find a way to give you some points 
he didn't he didn't do the things that you do in the two minute drill at all at the end of that game. He didn't throw it to the back. He, he just utilized the sideline. I know it's three four plays, but he didn't he didn't do any of the things that I'm used to accustomed to a Tom a old old man Tom Brady doing. And he Checking had a and he down. had a minute forty and had a minute forty plus to he do had it. Plenty too. of time when he when they scored, I was like, oh man, I gave him way too, way too much time. Absolutely. I, uh, it, I said, there was no doubt. I think he had two timeouts too. Yes. He, and so he won 46. All he is a field goal. I was like, oh, he's, this is cake bubble. He's, he's done this a million times and he just didn't do any of the thing. He seemed like he was kind of out of, out of funk or didn't get any coaching on the sideline. He'd be like, Hey bub, let's utilize that back. Gio's, Gio's wide open in the middle of the field. Let's try to get him the ball and see what happens. It just seemed like he was trying to make the big play um in that in that on that drive that was the most shocking part but at the same time man this is one of them games you can't win them all the, the best team in, in, in nfl can't win them all That's just well, what it is. before we move on let, let, let me ask you this and what do you make of and this is the monday morning extra point brandon dowdy len martez so we do this every week wrapping up the nfl week week eight i gotta ask you what do you make of tom brady's struggles against the Saints, because since he's come to Tampa Bay, I mean, you, you, you play, you know, obviously you play the teams in the NFC South twice, mm-hmm. and he's played the Saints four times, one time in the playoffs, but three times in the regular season. And those regular season games have, have not been, have not gone well for, for Tom. The return was on, on Sunday, including a fumble, which rarely happens because of the, the, the amount of pressure that he doesn't see. But I got to ask you, what do you make of the struggles that he has against the Saints? You know, I, I was just I was thinking about that uh, and I saw a stat that he just hadn't done really well against the Saints. And that, that mean to me, that means two things. Uh, one, Sean Payton is a phenomenal coach. He knows he knows <laughs> the jig is up on time when we played him in Miami. Uh, Adam Gase that week would stress, you just got to touch Tom. You don't have to get to him. You don't have to touch. You don't have to sack him. You don't have to hit him hard. You didn't got to hit him low. We didn't do anything dirty. You just got to touch him to let him let you know he's you're there. Like Cam Wake, why don't you get a couple touches on Tom? Get around those feet. Second quarter. Get, get around, around those feet. feet maybe yeah. around the neck a little bit. Just make him feel uncomfortable. Not get him off his spot. Let me just let me rephrase that. He's gonna kill you if you blitz him. If you if you heat him up, he is going to destroy you. Like. He threw one to Edelman, dude, and it was the, the biggest play of the game was a hot route. So what I mean by hot route is he'll certain protections have certain uh, blitzes that are beaters to that protection. We slide one way. We guess that we're going to slide one way and they bring from the opposite side. Well, you won. Well, guess what? As a good quarterback, a, a veteran quarterback who's seen a lot, they protect themselves by pointing at a guy and saying, this is my hot. And the receiver has that responsibility. If that man comes, he runs a hot heart, breaks his route off, throws it five yards and goes. Turns and looks. Turns around, looks, looks. He don't care what the play is, don't care what his responsibility. He could have a 10-yard out. He points at that guy. He says, that guy's comes. You shorten that route, you catch the ball, and you run. Well, he had he had Edelman in the slot against us, backed up, dude. Third and like 13. We we blitz the goat. Like, what are we doing? Blitz the goat. <laughs> And, and he, he takes – all he does is he, he guesses wrong, points at our guy, catches the ball, throws it to Julian Edelman. He runs on the sideline for a 78-yard touchdown. It's like – so what I'm saying is is Sean Payton knows how to beat Tom. It's, it's proven. He knows how to – maybe not beat him, but 
knows the, the ways to get yourself into to a better advantage in doing it. And the things that he knows is he's going to take care of the football. He's never going to put the ball in, in jeopardy. What, what Whoever's back there, if it's Breeze who can only throw the ball 30 yards, if it's Trevor Simeon, that's a, a backup. Or Jameis Winston, who's known for turning the ball over. He knows that you give Tom extra possessions, short fields, momentum. You keep the ball away from him as much as you can, and you touch him early. All you do is touch him early, and that's your 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 game plan for success. And they executed that on Sunday. He's Brandon Dowdy, Len Montez, the Monday morning extra point. All right, so although we got bigger news to come out of uh, Green Bay today, we'll certainly get into that. I want to talk about the Packers win on Thursday night in week eight that started the week eight. Thursday night, they finally put a loss on the Cardinals, their first loss of the season. Packers win this one 24 to 21. Packers are now seven and one. Cardinals are now seven and one, suffering that first loss of the season. Seven straight win for the Packers. But there's a couple of things from this game that I want to discuss with you, Mr. Dowdy. One thing is the fact that in this game, Packers, travel to the West Coast, short week, without their top three wide receivers, and they find a, wide, a final way to win. Obviously, it helps when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, which we will discuss Aaron Rodgers playing forward <laughs> because of the news that came out today. But I, I, I want your, your thoughts and, and uh, your take regarding Thursday night's win by the Packers on week eight. Well, about time, right, bro? Like we've been about the like, come on, man! It's been it's like been a long time coming. Like I've been waiting for them to lose. Yeah, man. but it, yeah, but it's not. It's, so it was funny. It's not even about that for me. It's not even about that. What it is yeah. is, it's about what you and I always discuss, and that is the fact that, I mean, at some point, not literally, but they're going to have to get bloody. And what I mm-hmm. mean by that is that you're going to play a physical running uh, football game. And that's the reason why I call them straight out for Gazy, because I, in my eyes, I don't see that they can actually do that. The other teams nope. in, the, in the NFC, the top teams in the NFC can do that. And because of that, I don't care that, that the Bucks don't do it every Sunday. I know last year I watched the Bucs win a Super Bowl with a playoff run that included running the football with playoff mm-hmm. Lenny. So they got that game in them. That's the difference. I don't know that the Cardinals have that game in them. And because of that, that's why I say the things I say about the Cardinals. You yeah. got a problem. You got a problem with Clay Kingsbury. I do, man. I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't know why. It's just smoke screens, man. <laughs> but no, I think they tried to sign uh, James Conner to try to make him big and nasty, but that's just not their identity. And they let me let me get this thing clear here. The Packers are a good football team. Because they can beat you in a multitude of ways. Like they can, they can, if they need to, whatever the game plan is. And I know Matt LaFleur gets a bad rap, but this dude does a good job of game planning in the run game, outside zone, one back pull, pull and pin. He does a good job of just being creative in the run game. They got big Hoss Dylan back there that just, just mauls three techniques over like it's his day job. So they got him. They got him to rely on. If, they, if I need three, 
I'll go give it to Big Dylan. He'll go run away and fall forward for three. That's, 30 that's carries, big, man. 30 carries between those two guys most games. That's big, man. Between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they're giving the football to their running backs 30-plus. Not to mention the targets that Jones gets out of the backfield. He does. And he had a couple drops in, the, in, the, in, the, in this game. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a go ball that he dropped. Just unfamiliar. That's all. It, to me, that credits to just unfamiliarity between your receiver, your running back and your quarterback, just not having the reps in practice that he would, those are reps that would be given to, you know, Vontae Adams. It would be given to, you know, all, all these, these other weapons that he had. Not only did they lose their top, top three receivers, bro, they lost the best receiver in football. Like, don't let's get that clear, bro. Like right. this dude, Aaron Rodgers, still won without the best receiver in football. Like, it's so funny to me because people think like, man, Devontae Adams would, would go fit and, and play anywhere in the world. No. This dude, him and Aaron Rodgers' chemistry on the field, when to throw back shoulders, how to uh, set things up, how they they manipulate in the first quarter for double moves that happened in the third and the fourth quarter. It's just they're they're playing and 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 doing things at a calculus level, and everyone else is just doing basic, you know, long division. So my opinion, I just think that the Packers are real. The Cardinals are not. <laughs> I know, I know, I know they're seven and one. I get it. I, 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 it's, it's cute. Seven and one is cute right now at, at the end of November, October, beginning of November. But I, I think that the they have to find an identity on the one side and on the other side, man. Just kudos to Aaron Rodgers. Kudos to Matt LaFleur. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what they're doing um, schematically. Uh, I think he does a good job. And and the Packers defense. The Packers defense is is showing up. They're they're playing like last year's defense here peaking at the right time so we'll see yeah here's a couple of things though and before we get into the, the news that broke from uh green bay today one thing is and i looked this up and aaron didn't have a huge game on, on, on that thursday no. night game he threw he for turned over though he turned he, yeah he didn't turn it over and he never does he really he usually does never does but never he threw for 194 yards missing his top three wide receivers he threw for 194 yards, and I mentioned, you know, the 30-plus carries for the running backs, which, you know, th- when you're talking about winning football, that's what you got to do. That was their game plan. But here's the thing. That was their seventh straight win, and as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he's got one 300-yard game this year, just one. Mm-hmm. Two out of the last three wins, he's thrown for less than 200 yards. My point in saying this is Aaron Rodgers has learned that this is not about me anymore. It's about what we have around me and complimentary football and mm-hmm. not turning the ball over, like you said, and taking your shots when I can take my shots. When Adams, Adams does come back and he's healthy, taking my shots. Yeah, he threw for 194 that Thursday night game, but I already told you, he's only got one 300-yard game with the best wide receiver in football, arguably. Correct. So he knows I don't have to throw it 40, 50 times to win. If I have to, if I got to go like I did against the Cardinals in the playoff game a couple of years ago, go toe-to-toe and with I did with Kurt Warner and throw it like I, like I did that game and score 40, I still can, but I don't have to. And they've won seven straight games with that approach. And, and I don't even think they're throwing all their bullets out. 
You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they've still got some bullets in the chamber that they, they're not like emptying the clip every week and trying to get these wins where Arizona, I feel like they're trying to empty the clip every week when, they, like, I think LaFleur has got another game plan for November, for December, for January. That's going to move them forward to where I'm going to get better catch and run opportunities for Aaron to get those big yardage games that we're used to the 400s, the 300s. But Aaron, like you said, I agree. He's learned how to win. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. He's learned how to win from Tom Brady. Tom Brady's ta taught Aaron Rodgers subconsciously how to win football games. How do I preserve my body? He's not doing any of that running around, taking those big hits no more like he used to. He's in rhythm. He's on time. He's not making bad decisions with the football. It's never in jeopardy. But I I'm telling you, Matt LaFleur is a good coach, man. He's done a really, really good job of um, understanding his game plan, understanding Aaron's strengths, and, and just really doing a good job of playing – one step ahead of the defense. And it doesn't mean like show on paper. It doesn't have to show on paper. Why? Because they're just winning football games the way they should be winning football games. The last thing I'm going to say about this, this, this matchup, Packers time of possession, 37 minutes, 35 seconds. Arizona Cardinals time of possession, 22 minutes, 25 seconds. They don't run the football. They ain't got an identity. You're going to keep, you're going to keep doing the scramble drill all over and over and over again and try <laughs> to think you can have success. It ain't going to happen. Get your show, get your quarterback's shoulder hurt again. Um, no, kidding. Speaking of getting hurt, he, he didn't necessarily get hurt, but he failed the COVID test, that being Aaron Rodgers. So as much as we're applauding him for what he did last week in week eight against the Cardinals on the road, he won't be playing this week when they take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tough, because I mentioned the seven straight wins, but even with those seven straight wins, they're a top the NFC with other teams. It's crucial. I know they won without their top three wide receivers, but now they got to win without Aaron Rodgers against Kansas City. And Kansas City certainly has their issues. They won Monday night against the Giants, a bad football team, 20 to 17. But Kansas City's mediocre. Let's face it, they are mediocre. They're four and four. Yeah. You know, long, long time Hall of Fame head coach and executive, a guy that actually worked for, for your team, the Miami Dolphins. Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. Correct. And the Chiefs are a mediocre football team. You can love them as much as you want offensively, juggernaut and all that kind of stuff. And you broke down the Mahomes problems last week. But again, the Chiefs are average. We're going to find out about the Packers being able to play without Aaron Rodgers this Sunday when the Chiefs and Packers go at it. Well, yeah. And I, and I think with, you know, and, and this is, I know that he is Aaron Rodgers and he is uh, no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. Like the guys, I mean, he's incredible. The things that he's done, the arm angles that he throws at is just probably the greatest quarterback arm talent that I've ever seen. I mean, I, I remember watching clips of Marino and his arm angles and stuff that he, 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 he used to throw at and Favre, his arm angles. But man, Aaron Rodgers makes some throws that I'm just like, holy smokes. But at the, on, on the contrary, they did draft this kid, this Jordan Love kid, in the first round for a reason. And when all this drama happened in the, in the offseason, and I might be completely wrong, when this drama happened in the offseason with Aaron not showing up to these training camp and not showing up to OTAs and, and taking some mental health time and taking some time away from the game and getting engaged randomly and doing all this. Jeopardy. You know, he's growing his hair out, growing his hair out, doing Jeopardy. I think he's like a Buddhist now or something. He's just he's – just, he's just, Hey, good for him, man. Do what you got to do. It's seven to one, baby. <laughs> seven to one. And I, and I think 
I, I think about it this way. I think about it this way. One, this is a offensive coaches, and and by far, by far, proving myself to the veterans that have won, that believe in Aaron Rodgers on that offensive side of the ball. That's where he's got to win. He's got to win that locker room this week. And I, and I, and I think that's, this is huge for his development, huge for the Packers organization, but I also think it's huge for if we're going to keep Aaron next year. We, they, what if they come out, bro, and, and, and blow the Chiefs out? What if they beat him by 45 points and Jordan Love throws for 350? What happens? You, you let Aaron walk? I believe, my opinion, my opinion, that they don't have confidence in this kid. They don't think he can do it. They think they, they missed and they're covering up this miss or they would have let Aaron walk. If they believed in this kid, if the offensive team, his teammates believed in this kid in the locker room, they would have let Aaron walk this offseason after all this drama about him not wanting to play and, and not let, not being a part of this and not being a part of decisions and play calling and, and, and all this drama that happened in this offseason if they believed in him. So this would be a good test for him. This would be a good experience for the kid. I hate that he's got COVID. My gosh, I mean, he, I mean they're playing lights out. Worst timing he possibly could. But man, I want to see. I, I'm interested. I'll, I'll watch this game because I want to see how Jordan Love plays. His first career start, Bob. Well, let me ask you: uh, How important do you think? You mentioned Rogers being away from the team during OTAs and minicamp and all that stuff. There was a time where Jordan Love was taking all those reps. Correct. So, how important do you think? And I mean, it is OTAs and minicamp and Certainly not everyone, not everyone's there. Okay, but that's what I was gonna that's ask you. Rep, okay, bro. so you so so it matters then. Huge man. Okay, you just those first round guys, they get force fed. So they're gonna get reps no matter what. Aaron's gonna a vet. He doesn't get as many reps as he would if he was in his 20s. Yes, agreed. He ain't getting as many reps as he would that Patrick Mahomes would get in the week. But having all the reps, proving to your teammates, proving to yourself that I can do this consistently being the man not being the man's man if that makes any sense but i'm saying like being the man being the man in practice running a practice being communi communicating to those guys aaron does things one way i gotta do things his way or i'm gonna do things my way it'll be interesting to see how the the, the offense reacts to him how they respond to him how he go i kind of want to see him go through some adversity i kind of want to see him kind of struggle a little bit and then have to kind of battle back a little bit. I just, I, I don't know that that's the part of the game that I want to watch this weekend. And I wish Aaron was playing, but I also, I got a soft spot, bro, for a guy that gets an opportunity. Well, let me ask you this being a, a, a former quarterback in the NFL yep. and being a guy that's been in the room and you mentioned having the, having the reps that Jordan Love has, but that was again, OTAs and mini camp. That's not an actual game. So Correct. you mentioned winning over the locker room. How many, give me a percentage of, of what you think in regards to like some of the guys that may not be completely sold on him because he hasn't actually done it in an actual football game. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be. So for me, it's not going to be about what he does to teach, to teach like statistically. It ain't going to be that. It's not going to be oh, I threw for 350. You know, I, I, I completed 90% of my foot, my balls. Nah, it's going to be, I went up and third and two, no one was open. I got off my third read and I went downhill one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker 
That's the difference. That's how you earn trust, earn respect for your teammates, especially those vets like Adams, like, like his offensive line. They got a very veteran offensive line. They got Tunyon in there who's played a lot of ball. They got Aaron Jones in there that's played a lot of ball. How do you communicate? It's the little things. How do I communicate? Where's my grit? How, am I going to complain when I get hit? Am I going to sh- you know, shield up on the sideline when I when you want advice about what's going to happen? Where's my hots? Who's my protection? Where the ball is going? Am I going to be accurate with the football? Those am are I little gonna, things, bro. Am I going to be seeing ghosts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You never know. They got a big target on their their, their chest. And, uh, and, and, and Kansas and, City's trying and, to am I, be, am I going to be seeing ghosts and telling everybody on national TV I'm seeing ghosts? <laughs> yeah. Bad ball, buddy. You can't do that. Buddy. Keep it to yourself, man. You're seeing oh, ghosts. Just keep man. it to yourself, man. Uh, he's Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point, a Bucks Nation podcast. All right, let's move on to uh, the game that took place on Sunday. Week eight in the NFL, an AFC AFC game that had the number one team in the AFC, number one seeded in the AFC, that being the Titans, who beat the Colts 34 to 31. Titans are now six and two. Colts are falling to three and five. Colts play tomorrow night against the New York Jets Thursday night football. But as far as the Titans are concerned, fourth straight win. They lead the division by three games. But coming out of this game, the bigger news was this, Brandon Dowdy, and the fact that arguably the most valuable player, the most important player to his football team because of all the things that he does and he brings to his football team, even on a defensive side, by keeping his offense on the football field and the defense off the football field. And I'm talking about Derek Henry, who had ankle surgery, is out for the rest of the year. And it's a huge blow, not only to the Titans, but to the league in the AFC. Correct. Man, this was rough. Uh, it was rough. I'm King Henry dethroned, buddy. And be thrown by an ankle, man, not thrown by any human. You know what I mean? So it was tough. It was. It was. I, I watched most of this game. Um, I don't know if you can bounce back from a guy. It's going to take a committee back there. It's not going to be one guy. It's going to be. Ryan running the ball around Tannehill. It's going to be uh, they're <clears throat> them playing a little bit cleaner. They've been the most. I think they're like the most penalized team in the NFL. They got to play cleaner. They got to they got to sure some stuff up. They had 161 yards of penalties in this game. I don't know how the heck they won. Indianapolis just gave them this game. It was it was tight. I mean, this game was 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 tight. But looking forward. Uh, I don't think you replace a Henry with one guy. You can't. I mean, you, your whole team's got to step up. Schematically, you've got to be a little bit better. You can't just say, I'm going to run outside zone versus six guys, and and and, and Derek's just going to run over safeties and outside linebackers for four. It's just not going to happen anymore. You've got to be a little bit more strategic. you got to spend a little bit more time in the room, and it takes all 11. It ain't going to be just one person. Ryan's going to have to step up leadership-wise. Um, I don't know if their defense is good enough to keep them in games when it matters. Uh, but I also <clears throat> think they ran into a Colts defense that's playing really well. I think they're underappreciated in this league. They got a lot of good players. They play 11 man football. Uh, but moving forward for the Titans, I'm a little nervous, man. I don't know about you. Well, let me ask you this because there's a guy that you obviously know very well. You mentioned Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Titans, a guy that you know from the days playing with him with the Miami Dolphins. You mentioned the room, and you spent plenty of time in, inside that room with Ryan Tannehill. Now he's basically the guy. They went out and they signed Andrew, uh, Adrian Peterson. 
but Peterson's a little bit older. Although he did have a bunch of touchdowns last year, AP is probably like, he's an anomaly when it comes to running backs and the age and still being productive. But as you mentioned, you can't replace Derrick Henry. So with that being Ryan Tannehill, I'm not the biggest Ryan Tannehill fan. I know you're not. <laughs> no, and you know what? Some of it has to do with the Miami days. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. a little bit jaded. I'm a little bit jaded from the Miami days because of uh, you know, being the eighth pick overall, and, and uh, you know, the thought of of being a replacement for number thirteen, Dan Marino. Finally, and they're still trying to find that guy. But uh, some of it, some of it's jaded from from the Dolphins days, but also the fact that. Man, I watched the playoffs, the playoff runs that the Titans had, and they won games with my man throwing for less than 100 yards. And now you want him to be the guy Correct. that's going to lead your team through the AFC. That's my only, that's my only thing when it comes to comes to mind. And I understand the fact that of course he's gonna throw for less than 100 yards when you've got 6'3, 6'4, 240 in the backfield, stiff arming guys downfield. I get it, I understand that. But Come on, Brandon. Less than a hundred yards in the playoff game. <laughs> I well, you know, you know, no, you're right. I, I agree. I think Ryan has this moment. Sometimes um, he trusts his arm a little bit too much. He did it in Miami, where he'll throw ten balls that you're like, "Holy smokes, how did he get that thing in there?" And then he'll throw one where he just kind of trusts it a little bit more, or maybe second guesses himself, and he's just a click late on something, and then he's like, "Nah, I got it. I got n- enough arm to do it in there." Um, of course, his, his role is going to step up, but they paid the guy a lot of money to do it. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I love the dude to, to death. I think I I get into this argument with my brother all the time. He's kind of on the fence with you. Like, he's like, man, this dude, Ryan, smoke screens and all this. Ryan is not, is not a game manager by any means. I believe this to my core. Keep by, by the way he knows protections. He knows the game. He excludes confidence in his guys outside his receivers. Um, but it's going to take 11. Like I said, Ryan's going to have to step up throwing the football. He's going to have to step up running the football. He's got to be able to protect himself. Like that's the most important. They lose RT. They're done. They're out. They're over. Clean it up. Get ready for the offseason. What draft pick do we have? He, so he's going to have to protect himself. If it's, if that's a schematic going to have to change where he's going to have to get the ball rid of his hands a little bit long, a little bit earlier, quicker in his reads up, quicker in his feet up a little bit. That's what's going to happen. Two, second thing, A.J. Brown needs to be, keep, keep playing like he's a top five receiver in the NFL. This dude's a beast, man. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how they had A.J. Brown and, and Metcalf on, on the other side and didn't win a national championship or weren't in the top five in, in freaking scoring at Ole Miss. I, I don't understand. It blows my mind. Like, I don't know. Those dudes are freaks. The hard thing is Julio Jones needs to come back and get healthy. That's just, that's just a fact of the matter. It is. Last thing I'm going to talk about is that, again, like I said, they got to clean things up. They are the most penalized team in the NFL. They, they make silly, timely third and 12 hands to the face, third and 14, Two receivers, two DBs in a, in a situation where they can get off the field, don't touch nobody, ball's uncatchable, you pass interference. Like, just little silly plays where they got to sure up. It's going to take 11, it's going to take the coaching staff, and it's going to be a big hill to climb to replace a guy like Derrick Henry. So, I I don't know. Uh, I hope I hope they do because I'm rooting for my guy. But he, I hope he proves to you, 
my brother, my, the, the, the Dolphins haters that would want that, that, that. No, 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 no. All the Dolphins haters that want him back. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I guess Ryan wasn't too bad. No, yeah, no, you got Tua Tagovailoa lefty thinking he's Dan Marino. Now you, you're going to take my guy Ryan back. No, man, I've been telling you the guy's been a baller. And I hope, I hope, I pray that he proves it, that he's a little bit more than a game manager, which I believe with in all my heart. So we'll see. We're going to find out. We're definitely going to find out. He's Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. Views from a former NFL quarterback and a little bit jaded because he's a Ryan Tannehill fan. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to the Patriots and Charger game that took place in uh, California this past weekend. Chargers losing to the Patriots 27 to 24. Patriots are now four and four. Chargers are now four and three. Brandon, I was sold on Chargers football. I was sold until two weeks ago when they got stomped at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. But I wasn't totally, totally out on the Chargers. I am now. Yep, I'm out. Be. I'm out yeah. on the Chargers. Um, this is one of the teams, like I said, two games ago where I was thinking, man, this team is really good, man. They're dangerous and they've got weapons two wide receivers that could be, you know, the best tandem in the NFL, arguably. If they're not the best, they're certainly in the top three or four. When you talk about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you talk about the dog and Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler, sure, they don't run it as much as you want them to, but the mentality of uh, Brandon Staley is to get Eckler to football as much as possible. And they have the mentality that we do want to run it. So, again, two games ago, I'm thinking, man, Chargers, they are legit. And they went to Baltimore, got stomped on. And then they came back home against the Patriots and lost two. And, um, you know, New England is, they are what their record says they are. They're mediocre. They're four and four. They're still kind of working through the whole Mac Jones situation where you talk about getting the ball out quickly and giving them the game management process. Uh, Mac Jones is that because they're limited as far as the offensive weapons are concerned on the, on the, on the Patriots, Correct. but they're another team that, that will run it 25 to 30 times in the NFL. And they did that against the Chargers. But the bottom line is again, I'm out when it comes to Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. And even it's certainly their defense because they're not too good on the other side of the ball too. You know what? And, and maybe I'm crazy, um, but I, I watched this game and um, one, I think that the Patriots are overachieving. I don't think they made those, those free agent moves. You think about it, first week of the game season, they're scoring the football. Damian Harris fumbles the football. Damian Howard punches it out on like the eight to 10 yard line. They're scoring to win that football game. By the way, on the opposite side, Dolphins should be over right now. Right. But they, they're, they're one play, huge play away from being five and four, having a little bit better than a record. They've been in every game, even the even, even Tampa game. They were in that game. Mac Jones, he plays, I think, with a rookie quarterback, see, getting every rep, believing in the system with the absolute limitations they have outside. Holy cow. This is, uh-huh. the, my opinion, one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. Uh-huh. They're awful, man. They got, no, they got nobody that can take the freaking nope. top, top off the of defense, nope. man. Nobody. None. They got nobody. a bunch of good – they got a bunch of possession guys that 
Or they're any all the dogs. Same. No they're, dogs. They're man. all the same. All the same. They are yep. all the all same. All replaceable. And 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 I, and my opinion, and I actually know this. I got an insider that knows this. The, the Chargers defense is susceptible to the run. If you can run the football, Baltimore, they run the football. New England, they're going to run the football. They're going to set the play action pass off by running the football. Both teams, they got exposed. And I'm thinking teams around this league, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty small circle. They're understanding that, man, we got to run the football 25 times, get, keep this offense, this hot offense on the sideline. Second thing I don't like about this, the Chargers, Chargers team, yeah, their defense, their run defense stinks. Pass defense is pretty good. They're pretty athletic on the back end. But the, the thing that I, I – where's Joey Bosa? I ain't heard anything about Joey Bosa all year, man. I was going to ask you – I was going to ask you about that. My guy's a dog, bro. Like, he's he gotten his money, and he's just like, ah, I'm good. I'm good to go. It, is he missing Melvin Ingram? Was, that, was the reason he was having success is because he's getting – now he's getting doubled every play. They know where he's at. 99's at every single play, snap. Is that the reason? Where's Mike Williams been the past couple of weeks, dog? Hey, bro, go go get some money. You're a free agent this year, man. You post some numbers. You can go make some money. I feel like he's been just a little bit off. They're they, they're 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 missing on things that they were are called routine earlier in the season. That's just me. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you about Bosa because he's a guy that you would expect to be a, a three down lineman. When I'm when I say that, and you know this, in regards to okay, on first down if they run it. I'm gonna be part of that. I'm gonna I'm be there. part of stopping yeah. the run. Okay, yeah. if, if it's third and long, I'm gonna be part of getting to the quarterback. So Correct. that type of guy yeah. being drafted where he's drafted, just like his brother Nick, you're expecting him to be part of the the run stopping defense and going at getting after the quarterback when it's you know third and long. Um, I don't see that from I haven't seen that from him this year. Certainly, you mentioned being double teamed. Yeah, he probably he's probably getting doubled in regards to the pass protection. That because that's where that's where he really made his game at Ohio State. But still, you would expect him to make plays in the running game, and they can't stop the run as you mentioned. They cannot. They don't do a good job at any level. Derwin's not. He does a good job filling, but they don't have anybody any help. Their linebackers don't show up in the holes. Um, I think they rely a little bit too much on their safety plays and it gets them susceptible to play action. So um, this game was good. I, I, I was, this was the most shocking game, but not so shocking because I didn't have an insider that says you run the ball against the chargers. They have no chance. If you can't run it, you're going to have success. Uh, but they, but it, they played the new England way. They won the new England way, dirty, ugly, grind it out fourth quarter, run the ball, control the clock, control time of possession, play pretty clean. That's just the way that's the way they've been turned to play now without the go to under center. So, we'll you know, you know, what's scary. You mentioned taking advantage of the play action and having a guy like Derwin James come downhill, Sniff, come downhill from the, the safety field. position. But here's the thing. When it comes to a team like the Patriots, we mentioned it before. They can't even take total advantage of over the top because they no, don't they have the, they don't have the weapons to do that. If things stay the same with with the L.A. Chargers, wait till they play a team that can take it off over the top, and you got Derwin James coming downhill, play action, and all of a sudden, again, you're getting behind that secondary. They haven't faced that yet. They're getting one-on-one. That's coming. They're getting one-on-one. Yeah, I know. That's that's, that's a scary part. I think the uh, this is the tip of the iceberg for the Chargers, in my opinion. Let's uh, talk about Sunday night's game. I mentioned it when we first started. Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, 
the Monday morning extra point. I mentioned it when we first started. Dak, no Dak, but the Cowboys on Sunday night win this football game 20 to 16 over the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. The Vikings, three and four, trying to matter in the wild card race while the Cowboys are now six and one. And it was a game, Brandon, that the Cowboys didn't have a lead until less than a minute left in the game. Again, they won 20 to 16. They won it without Dak Prescott. They won it with a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. Fifth year backup, first NFL start, threw 400, 300 yards, had two Ds, also threw an interception. But I'm not so much... Cowboys won this football game, and it was impressive that they won it. Okay. But I'm more alarmed that the Vikings at home on a Sunday night playing against a backup quarterback couldn't give you a better effort when they're trying to matter when it comes to the wild card race in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I I agree. I think, first off, I think Cooper Rush and Kellen Moore are are pretty incredible. Kellen Moore more. I I think he's incredible with his schematic games. He knows how to get like one-on-one matchups really well. Uh, he he can he has a feel for like I, I the best offensive coordinators offensive minds that I've ever been around they can identify within like 10, five, 10 plays what the defense wants to do and I know Tom just got in trouble for being on the Manning Manning <laughs> reel and saying talking bad about dumb, defenses yeah how dumb defenses are but they're a creature of habit on the defensive side of the ball. And so if you can get a good feel for where they're double teaming, who they're double teaming, who they're keying, it's a it's not as complicated as it sounds, but Kevin Moore does a good job of knowing like within the first quarter or two who his guys are going to be. Like this, this, this game was Mari Cooper's day. I, I, I don't think they use Cooper enough, my personal opinion, in their past game. I think he should have 11 targets a game. I think he's the best route runner I've ever seen in my life. The dude's got, got like, runs like a 4-3 freak. We played him in, in when he was with, uh, well, Oakland at the time. But he's with the Raiders. Man, that dude was incredible. Well, isn't, all, he, isn't he also a Broward County boy from uh, He from is South a Broward Florida. County boy. Okay. Yes, he all is. Right. Yeah. So right. maybe I'm a little jaded. Yeah, you little, yeah, yeah, you little oh, jaded man. when it comes no, to your man. There's been a couple guys, bro, that I've watched <laughs> play that I have, I have been like, wow like there's been guys that we watch on film that are like game records like i mean absolutely like will destroy you you better cloud them you better double them you better give them different looks you better invert on them you better find ways to take them out of the game or they are going to ruin you on the defensive side of the ball so mark cooper was one of those in his prime and they're gonna look like i'm crazy but in his prime aj green was like that was that dude third guy i've never by far the best receiver i've ever seen Antonio Brown. He was the third guy that I was like, when he was in his prime in 2017, he was with Big Ben. They were rolling. Boy, that boy, Antonio Brown, got doubled every single play in that wild card game. Every play, Len. We doubled him every snap. Yes, he's going against, you know, some, some schleppies. Don't, don't get me wrong, or a rookie. But we doubled him every play, you know? And so, and he still went for like 160 and two touchdowns, just taking the top off the defense. Um, so, but like I said, I, I think they do a good job of isolating guys, doing a good job of getting one-on-one matchups, uh, getting Amari Cooper in places where he can be successful. Um, but like you said, uh, Minnesota, man, I don't know, man. They're they're 
they're falling off my list, man. They, they, they don't know how to finish games. They, they, their defense is, is not the Zimmer defenses from, from, from before when they were three, three stack and sending things all over the place. And he was going to go blitz zero down the field. Anytime you want, didn't know when it was coming first down, third down, second down, second and two. He, he I don't, I don't, I don't like this Vikings the way they've been set up. I think Zimmer's seat's a little bit hot. He, he, he struggles into this year. Uh, but um, I don't know. Kudos to the Cowboys, man. They're, they're a good football team. They got a ton of talent on both offense and defense, and they've drafted well. Parsons is a hit, man. Last thing uh, I want to talk about when it comes to this game, the Cowboys and the Vikings game Sunday night. Again, the Cowboys winning at 20 to 16. You being a former NFL quarterback, Brandon Dowdy, going to ask you, Give me your opinion on Kirk Cousins because that's one guy that makes you go up one week and then down the next. So what do you he think, is, Kirk? Man. He's frustrating, and and, and uh, I think Kirk does a good job of knowing where his outlets are at all times. I think he could take more shots down the field. Um, I think he can do a better job of using his feet. He's an athletic dude, man, and. He can use his feet a little bit more, create plays in the scramble drill. If, it ain't, if it's off script, Kirk ain't going to make the play, man. If he gets off his spot, he just ain't going to make the play. It's proven. So um, I, I like Kirk Cousins. Do I think he's a – do I think he believe he, he, he deserved that guaranteed uh, – first fully guaranteed contract in NFL 88 history? Mil. <laughs> uh, 88 but, mil. But they'd have him in Miami. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about, listen, the Dolphins are losing, man, but they're not losing because of the quarterback play. I don't know. I, I, I will say I'm that. Convinced. I will say that till I'm black and blue in the face, man. He, I agree. They're not losing games because of two of Tonga Vailoa. Why haven't, why haven't, and man, this is totally off topic, but why the heck haven't they, haven't they filled the gap at running back yet, bro? I, I don't understand. They don't have the mentality to do it anyway. You know that. You I watch agree. them. You watch them. You watch it's the like, offense what? they run. Dude, they don't I feel have, like I'm they don't it's I not like it's I'm not a matter of high talent. School. It's not a matter of talent when it comes to the running backs. This isn't the this isn't the, the days when you were there with Jay Ajay was was running for 200 a game, man. It's they don't have yeah, they don't J train, man. Yeah, J train, man. They don't have the mentality anymore <laughs> no, they don't. to run it. You know, and it's and, too and, cute, on, man. on top of that, oh, don't get me started on the Dolphins, dude. They shorten the field, they shorten the field offensively. Yeah, we we talked about taking the taking the you know taking up taking the top off. Okay, you drafted a guy, what sixth overall? Whenever they drafted Jalen Waddle, okay, you drafted Jalen Waddle to do exactly that, take the top off, you and they don't he, even let him do that. You don't even get a target, bro. Like not even like a target. He doesn't even get the ball thrown to him over thirty yards. It's the most frustrating, dude. I can't watch their offense. I I, I watch it and I'm like. It's so soft. It's like they're so scared to get down the field because of all these RPOs. Like they're not, they're not, they're not sticking linebackers from the offensive line standpoint. They're not filling holes. They're not, they're not doing anything to wham defensive tackles. They're not um, pulling with 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 purpose. They're just freaking out there to like, is he gonna throw it? Yeah. Is he gonna give it? Is got, he gonna take it? We got the Look, football. We got the football for four downs. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, it's exactly. it's almost it's almost like an obligation to run the offense. Mm, it's, it's it's like an awful. obligation, dude. It's awful. It's the worst. Oh, well, we got well, we got the ball, so let's just let's just run the offense. 
That's just there's, there's, no, there's no attack mode. There's no nope. attack mode when it comes nope. to playing the way they play. And I mean, you mentioned the offensive line. I think they've wasted like five picks in the offensive line in the last three drafts, and they still have problems there. Correct. So again, they're not losing games because of quarterback play. They're just not. It's not, it's not on tour, dude. Nope. And and in addition to that, we've talked about it before in regards to yeah, everyone wants. Everyone that's a Dolphin fan wants and wonders, well, what, what would have been if we'd have got Justin Herbert? He'd be in that situation that two was in, playing right. with that stinky daggone pig. That's what it'd be like. Okay, right. so you gotta you gotta check yourself when you say, Oh, we could have Justin Herbert. Yeah, on a bad football team. Bad football team. Yep. And Deshaun Watson, we can go get Deshaun Watson and it fills up all our holes. No. Yeah, no. No, you're no. still a full bad football yeah. team. Yeah. You ain't got no identity. Nope. Jason's gonna take sacks. He took 49 last year. He's gonna take sacks. What is what's he gonna do with that off? He had Laramie Tunzel last year and took 49 sacks. What's gonna happen when you got all those young guys that ain't got no experience or are out of position? We got a guy playing guard, we got a guy playing tackle one week. He don't know if he's playing guard or tackle week in and week out. He don't know if he's playing right or left. Well, people what the casual fan doesn't understand, that's a whole nother game in there. You're dealing with guys that are 260 on the outside. Von Miller, 260, 270. You're, and said, now you're going in mentality saying, I got to go up one-on-one, grinding on a guy that's 320, 315, 310. That's a whole nother game. I had an offensive lineman in college. He played tackle all his career. He's he, be, the, the best football player I've ever been around in my life, other than my running back, Leon Allen. Forrest Knapp was the best football player I've ever been around. He played left tackle, finesse guy. Did a fantastic job. Had some dog in him. I think he gave up one sack in his career. Like it was, it was against Bama or something. Like I was like a freak of nature. They moved him to guard in the NFL. Struggled, man. He started getting some injuries. Started getting nicked up. Just ain't have. It's just a totally different game in that in that in those trenches in, within those three 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 positions: guard, center, and guard. It's just different. You can't move those guys around and think that, oh, they'll be all right. They'll adjust. No, man, especially not young guys. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah it, it gets bigger as you get closer to the ball, man. That's the yep. thing. It gets bigger as it gets closer to the ball. And when exactly. you say, yeah, and, and, that, and that's, that's on both sides. That's on both sides. So when you talk about right. putting a 260 against a Vita Vea who's, you know, who's 330, you know, that's 70 pounds, man. That's not going to work. Nope, ain't gonna work. That's hey, quick work. before we we wrap, before we wrap up, bro. Absolutely, let's talk, shoot. Let's let's talk about uh, the Rams. Yeah, I was. I got two things to talk about. You still to talk to talk uh, about with you. Okay, One, I'm jumping the gun, man. No, I'm no, you're good, man. I want I, I wanted to give you because I want, I, I, I played with I played against Vaughn. Uh, when I talk about game records, and this is you know three or four years ago, Vaughn's a game record, but. The biggest game record I've ever been around from a defensive standpoint is number 99. Aaron Donald. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, here's what they're doing now. And we're talking about Von Miller being traded from the Broncos to the Rams and now becoming a part of a team that's 7-1, as we mentioned earlier, the teams at the top of the, the NFC being the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Packers. And now you got the Rams, who are also seventy-one, all in, all in. All um, in they beat the Texans on on Sunday, thirty-eight to twenty-two. Disregard that score because by the time the Texans started scoring points, the Rams were already packed. They packed their locker room 
up and, and they were ready to leave with a 38 to nothing win. So don't get fooled by the 22 points that the Texans scored. But more importantly, they made a deal before the deadline and acquired Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. And you being a mm-hmm. former quarterback, Brandon Dowdy, here's the thing when it comes to that trade. This is the thing that sticks out to me. It's the fact that, yeah, you can put Donald in the middle and you put Miller on the outside, Von Miller on the outside. And, and just from a simpl- simplicity standpoint, you're thinking, wow, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Super Bowl champion and, and, and Von Miller, MVP, Super Bowl champion. But it's not even just that. It's the flexibility that Vaughn brings to that football team. Bro. Because as it is right now, I watch games, I watch the Rams play, and Donald's not just staying on the inside. No. He's, going, he's going on the outside. And here's the thing that that means. We just talked about the closer you get to the ball, the bigger the guys get. Well, guess what? The further away from the ball, the smaller guys get. They might be a little more athletic, but they're a little bit smaller. Aaron Donald now is having to go one-on-one against a tackle. And if you put Von Miller on his right shoulder or put Leonard Floyd on his right shoulder, all of a sudden you got two guys getting one-on-one because they're no longer in that middle where the guard is set on. That is disastrous for an offense. Disastrous, man. I don't want to play that defense, bro. Like, Can you imagine those guys getting one all three of those guys getting one-on-one. 70 of 70 snaps. 50 of 50 snaps. 100% of the snaps, one of them's one-on-one. They don't have to bring no exotic blitzes. Nothing. They can play. They can do be so creative on the back end and confuse defenses with seven. They are going to be a problem, bro. Not to like, mention I, the fact that they not to mention the fact that they already have a lockdown corner. Who's the most versatile player in the NFL? And can he take plays nickel. He plays corner. He takes, takes your number, number one option away. Out. Goodbye. Out. See you Done. later. Yep. So. Yeah. And uh, they rush. Check this out. They rush four, right? Rush four. You mentioned dropping seven. Having that lockdown corner. But not only that, but you talked about earlier when it came to your days as a former Miami Dolphin playing against the New England Patriots. What did you want to do? We don't have to sack Tom. Just touch him. Touch him. Think about the Giants winning those two Super Bowls. How did they win? By just bringing four. The Rams Mm -hmm. are building that team with the realization that all we want to do is to rush four guys. We're Mm -hmm. dropping seven. And I don't care if we're playing the Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys, or the Cardinals. That's how we're going to beat you. We're rushing our four guys. And somewhere, somehow, we're going to get two or three of these guys to be one-on-one and to win that matchup, and to get to your quarterback. You can't – the number one guy that's going to benefit the most from Vaughn is Vaughn, and the number two guy is Aaron Donald. He – that dude gets doubled every play, Lynn. They put him on the outside, so they cannot double him. Correct. They can't – they have to chip him with the back. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about – Or tight end, and he doesn't matter. You're talking about from an offensive schematic standpoint, you got to keep a tight end in to chip Vaughn, especially on third down. The dude will take three or four off offside penalties to get a sack. That's the dude is like the most insane get off I've ever seen in my like. It's like the most said I. It's like geez, oh, I, like my dudes can't even get off the line. You know dude. what's funny? You bring that up, and I and I'll let you finish your point. But Shaq Barrett, former Bronco, where he learned his craft from? 
Von Miller, <laughs> Miller Marcus man. Ware, the Denver Broncos, and Shaq Barrett does the same thing here. Mm -hmm. He tries mm -hmm. to jump that snap count and get to the quarterback the same way, and he learned that from Von Miller. But, uh, dude, the, the Rams are a problem. Remember, I, I mean, they are a problem. I, I still believe in Tampa. I still believe Tom. I still think they have the best team because they haven't, like, kind of like the Packers, I don't think they've shown their whole hand. I think they can still do some cool things in the run game. I think they could do a little bit more creative with the RPOs. Um, I think I, I don't think they've shown everything. They, they do a lot of the same stuff over, a lot of bang eight stuff, a lot of snag routes with in cuts in the backside, a lot of kind of old school schematically stuff. So I, I do believe that Tampa's one, I, I, number one in the NFL. But adding a dude like Vaughn on that defense that's already legit, Ooh, buddy, they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. And I, I think that uh, they're, they're going to, you're going to have to figure out who, who, who are you going to double team today? Like, who am I, am I going to let the, let Vaughn do his thing and get two sacks, three sacks, and we're going to have to recover from it. Or am I going to let Aaron Donald just wreck a game? Like he's capable of doing. And don't forget, I, I don't, Leonard, don't forget do Leonard Floyd's out there. I too. know that's another guy that's going to benefit from that. He's net Leonard Floyd is never. And I, I'll say this guaranteed. He will never get double teamed ever. As long as those two guys are in the game, it won't happen. So We'll see. I mean, that's something you, you, you talk about, like something like the Chargers, like Melvin Ingram being gone, Joey Bosa production going down, Aaron Donald being there by him, eh, by himself, but they got a pretty good defense, pretty stout defensive line. Now you bring in a guy like Von Miller. Those guys are going to complement each other. They put them on the same side. They're going to do some games, some twists, some ways to be creative on the defensive front. Man, this, they're going to bull rush you. They're going to speed. Oh, man, this. Uh, I don't want to play that defense, man. You can't pay me. I'm, man, they're going to get – any any guy that sits back there is going to get smoked, and they just got to come in with a mentality of, man, the tortoise is my friend, man. I'm going to have to – I'm going to be feeling it on Monday, man. It's crazy. He's Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback. Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. All right, last thing before we wrap this up, week eight of the NFL, is I got to ask you about and, – and this was also a team that we jumped on, at least I jumped on, after week seven, that being the Cincinnati Bengals, they go into MetLife Stadium on Sunday and lose to the Jets. But that's not the big thing that came out of that football game. The big thing that came out of that football game was a quarterback by the name of Mike White, who went where? <laughs> yeah, Western Kentucky. <laughs> another another uh, Western Kentucky quarterback like yourself. Your yes. thoughts about Mr. White? So Mike's a good dude, man. Uh, he came from, came to Western from uh, USF. Um, I actually recruited Mike to come to Western, and I don't know if that's legal, but I did. Uh, we had the same quarterback coach, Ken Mistroli, down in South Florida. And uh, we threw one day. He was kind of sick of running the pro-style offense. I was like, man, we're, we're throwing it for 350 yards a game. Why don't you come over here and play? And so long story short, he comes. And uh, – and I'm humble enough to 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 say this. Mike is a is better than I am, physical wise. Got a stronger arm than I ever had. But he was real raw when he came to Western. Like his feet footwork was a little slow. He was a little late to his read. He kind of relied on his arm a little bit too much when he was in the pocket. When I watched this on Sunday, this dude looks smooth, man. 
Like I'm talking like confident, in control. He did a good job of knowing his guys, knowing their strengths, knowing their the, the, half the game is won by just knowing what everybody's good at. So if I if they call a five yard out to Elijah Moore, I know Elijah's going to win one on one if that's what he's good at. I, I know if they go one on one go route with Corey Davis, Corey Davis is going to win. Who who didn't play in this game? He mm-hmm. threw for four oh five. So. I was watching it as a fan, man, but I was just so impressed. I watched this, this entire game uh, just because he's my guy and um, super pumped for him. He's a good kid, works extremely hard. You could tell by just the just the way he controlled the game. He was always in control, knew where his outlet, outlets were. He came off his first read pretty quick, and everything was in time. I like the Jets' offense. I really, really – I think it's quarterback friendly. I think they get him in plays where it's no-brainers. What I mean by that is – a lot of these teams, Chiefs right now, they're going through this right now. My personal opinion, Chiefs are struggling because there's no no-brainer no plays. They, Mahomes has to make a read. I don't know if you watched that game. Oh, it's the Giants game. I was watching the Eli and Manning, uh, Eli and Peyton. I don't even watch the, the regular broadcast when they're on, bro. Like, I just – they speak my language. So, they, they, they speak – when he calls like a burger route, that's exactly what we used to call an in and out burger. When a receiver goes in, not so fast, breaks out, in and out. That's what we called it a burger. And so he speaks my language too, from a schematic standpoint, a game management standpoint, a timeout standpoint. I believe, I believe in timeouts are mine. Like they're not, they're not the defenses. Your defense calls a timeout. That's, that's the number one pet peeve rule. So when I watched that game, they were talking about um, Daniel Jones being in the huddle. And they're giving them they're, they're away in this game on, on the road in Kansas City. They're, I mean, they're just got places going crazy. And, and, and Jason Garrett is giving Daniel Jones two plays in the huddle. Why are you giving him two plays in the huddle? You snap the ball, you, you break the huddle at 12 seconds. Now you've got to understand what they're doing. Is everybody lined up? Is everybody, what am, what am I doing? Is this a three technique? Is this a shade? Okay, I got a shade, two, three technique. Okay, I got to understand. Where my outlets are, where my protection is, where am I hot? Where am I not hot? Where where can I get rid of the ball? Who's my check down? Is my check down going to be eaten up? No, I think that they can't do all that. Can't do all that. Twelve seconds. You cannot do that. One. If you do that fifty times in a game, mentally, I don't care if they get paid forty million dollars a year. Mentally, play fifty, you are shot. You are dead. You're seeing that with the Raiders. They're doing a lot less no-brainer plays. Dirk Carr's catching the ball and throwing it. He's catching the ball, giving it. He's not having to make any reads. They're going to say, hey, 10, 15, 20 plays are going to be no-brainer plays. The Jets, they did a good job of saying, just throw it to this guy. I'm going to motion this running back out. You're going to step and you're going to throw it to the, the – I don't care about the coverage says. I don't care what the, what the defense is doing. We're going to dictate the defense. We're going to go fast, and then we're going to dictate to where you're going to throw the ball. Jets did a good job of doing that. They did a good job of – Doing and that set up their their pass game and their decisiveness, their no-brainer situations set up their run game. It was just complimentary. In my opinion, Chiefs, Raiders, when when Gruden was there, when they had their struggles, those two games where they really struggled, they put so much on Derek's plate that man, by 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 I'm in the I'm I'm thinking like third, fourth quarter, and mentally I just can't do it no more. Like I I wanted no-brainer plays. Just let me not think for one second, dog. Like so I can get something out of the sideline. I'm not just shutting down completely on the sideline. I can still absorb information. So um, 
I just think that they, the Jets did a good job of no-brainer plays. I like their offense. I think it's creative. It's very quarterback friendly. It's rookie friendly. So I think Mike had a really lot of success in that. So I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up for him, man. It was cool. Last question for you. Isn't it, I'm, and listen, I could, I'm certainly a novice when it comes to this. You being a former NFL quarterback can shoot this down. But defensively, when you talk about those no-brainer plays, isn't it tough to take those away? defensively because you don't really know you don't really know what's coming and it's coming out so quickly too Mm -hmm. no yeah i agree you you gotta like we talk about you gotta have a smash smash mouth mentality offensive line defensive line you have to have a smash mouth mentality you could do that and it doesn't have to be an rpo you know what i mean like like i'll give you an example like when we were with gase he would give us two plays in line of scrimmage we'd have to decipher which play was the best play for our situation Sometimes when you just call the run, he ain't calling just one run. He's calling every run we possibly have in the playbook. And they're all the best run based on the front that you're in, based on the rotation of the defense, based on where the linebackers, if they're bossed over, if they're bowed over weak, wherever they are, base is, is what I call our run game based on our, our personnel. We call different runs different names based upon our personnel. We're in 22 outside zone might be called Falcon brace uh, or uh, to the left Falcon brace. If we're in one back, it could be called Falcon. So now I need to know. Based- uh, you know, situation where the linebackers are, what's the best run for me in this situation. And that is, essentially the entire playbook every run we have can be called at any minute by a check second thing they do in the past game is they put mike in situations where they were in five-man protection where i knew my hots all the time if i'm sliding one way a lot of protections in the nfl are half slide half man what i mean by that is if we go a slide protection we can pick up one of the two guys so we point two guys if two guys come we throw hot one guy comes we're good they did a really good job of putting him in scat five-man protections, making it a very clear picture. When you spread the field out, that's another indicator of, of, of allowing who's coming, who's not coming. If you're all crammed in there, the defense is can disguise from any direction. And I think to, to, to answer your question, it becomes when you play that game for that long, like where you're trying to get in the perfect play every single snap, rather than saying my guys are better than your guys and we're just going to go. When you get in that situation where you can do that and just play fast, um, it becomes a little bit, or you're, you're trying to be perfect, it becomes a little bit um, orchestrated where that's why Tony Romo, when you watch Tony Romo, he can predict plays. Why? Because he's basing it upon safety rotation. Safety rotation is to the left. They're going to run play to the left. No, they have nobody to block that fourth defender. So they're going to run the run play to the opposite side. So Tony can say process elimination. I got to, oh, wait, look, there's going to be a run to the right here. Like, yeah, because the safety's on the, on the line of scrimmage to the left side, so you ain't going to run into a safety, but it becomes strategic, where defenses know that as well. Rather than you playing fast and trying to get into a situation where we're going to do whatever you can, you adjust to us rather than we adjusting to you 50, 60, 70 plays at a time, it becomes really, really hard on a defense pressure-wise because they're just trying to keep up. Sounds good, man. Uh, I was yeah, just wondering man. as far as as far as the simplicity of how the Jets ran their offense on on Sunday. I mean, to me, I'm watching the game, I'm, and I'm watching it, and he's hitting Carter. He's he's hitting more, as you mentioned. I'm thinking, 
The dudes is simply taking what the defense is giving them. Exactly. Just taking it. Take it until they give it away. That's exactly what he was doing. He did a good job, man. He really did. I was like, like I said, I was cheering, man. I was on the, I was just probably as excited as his parents were. And he's got, he's got twin, twin uh, babies. So, I mean, it's just, uh, he just bought a house in, in, in uh, West coast of Florida. Now to see him get all this, he deserves it, man. He worked his freaking tail off. His feet look so good, man. You, you want to see a good quarterback, just watch their feet. His feet were just in control. He does a good job. He kept his base wide. His release came out quick. Before, he, he was kind of up high. He held the ball a little high. He kind of brought it down a little bit. Man, I just – I'm jacked up, man. I, I was really excited to watch Mike play, and, and he was representing for the Hilltoppers, man. Yeah, it was a little bitter. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I was a little bitter, bittersweet for me. I was – I mean, he was my backup. You know what I mean? Like, he was my – he was behind me for two years. Flash, flash. I, I, I'll be honest, Len. And I'm, I'm humble enough to say this. I talked, I thought, I've thought about my decisions in football more this week than I have ever since I've left the NFL. Watching Mike. Because watching Mike. Watching Mike, man. That's my guy. I was in the room with him. I taught him a lot of stuff. I taught him a lot of coverages. I taught him a lot. Like, hey, bro, you can make this, this game can be a lot more simple than it needs to be. Just read this guy. He calls this, he calls sale. Just read the, 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 the Apex Defender. Don't don't look over here. Like this, this is dead. He calls sale for a reason. He's call, he's calling it to to a certain coverage. If you get that coverage, you you complete the ball. If you don't, where's my back? That's it. Don't make it any harder than it needs to be. A lot of these guys try to get in the perfect play all the time, and, and, it, and it and it allows them to do that. But I I really have man. Even the forty eight hours past when he played, man, I was like, man, what the heck, dude? Like, what's going on, man? Let's 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 let's. Where the pads at, bro? Like, let's let's get, let's oil up this arm and see what we got left in it, man. I know I'm dirty, but come on, man. Oh, you might get I, that. I you might be needing some tarot, brother. <laughs> the next day, absolutely, man. I ain't throwing a football in two or three years. I'm just messing. Oh <laughs> man. Well, you you mentioned Mike and and uh, you know tomorrow night, week nine starts. Tomorrow night, man. The Colts, Jets, Jets on the road again, taking on the Colts. So we'll see, Mike. And stingy his, defense, man. His, yeah, and his second start in the NFL against a stingy defense. Short so week. Yeah. Short week, stingy defense. That'd be tough. AFC, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. All that good stuff on his plate. We're going to find out uh, tomorrow if he can repeat the performance. He's Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback, proud Western Kentucky Hilltopper, and certainly proud that uh, his boy Mike White had a big game last week. I'm Len Martez. This is the Monday Morning Extra Point a Bucks Nation podcast. Don't forget, Mr. Dowdy and myself do this every week right here on the Bucks Nation podcast.